Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. My name is Thomas, DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. If you've made it this far in the podcast, you know what's going on, so we're going to just jump into the action again this week. So, I need everybody to roll initiative. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Maybe I should have recapped for our uh, cast I feel like here. The, last, the last, like, five episodes of this series is just going to be no recap if you don't know what's going on right now you need to just start at like episode 100 and we're just going to keep going I'm pr- I'm sure the listeners I hope they would just like more content rather than me recapping stuff that they already know <laughs> so I don't know it, shoot, shoot it in the comments if you actually want me to recap instead of just jumping into the action here I always roll bad on initiative do I have? I do yes I have advantage yeah, your barbarian stuff, right? I do. Fleeple, what's your initiative order? Seven. Uh, Lance. Nine. And Mao. Non-natural 20, but I rolled an eight the first time. All right. So we have 11 people in this initiative order here, and Malamar is first. So, Mal, as you recall, you had one, two, three, four, five cultists burst through the uh, further down from the caldera to see what the commotion was all about, and three guard drakes at their heels just dispersed, probably within, let's let's get actual distance here, let's use our rulers. And to be fair, it's because we took too long talking. To be fair, it was the randomness of the dice which determined that they were coming. Which you made us roll, because we took too long counting. So Mal, the furthest one away from you is about 60 feet. Yeah. But then you have all of them, and you're behind Lance and Fleeple currently, and the closest one to you is roughly 30 feet from you, exactly, actually. So, what do you do on your turn? I can cast two spells if one of them is a cantrip and one of them is a bonus action. That is correct. If one of them is a cantrip, you can cast the other one, um, no issue. As Mal is watching this patrol of people walk toward them, they know that we have people behind us. And we don't know where they just came from. And so Mal will step forward next to Fleeple to hopefully keep them up this chamber a little bit. So 20 feet closer, roughly? Correct. Okay. And then she will cast, right behind the back person here, she will cast a flaming sphere. So it will appear in the five feet right behind the furthest guy back here. Create a little ah, icon so. for him. So if anybody happens to try and go back that direction, they will have to deal with this flaming sphere. I see. So block, so in a way, blocking the path because it's a five foot diameter, right? Yes. Or just a five foot space. Okay. So okay. And when a creature first runs into it or ends their turn within five feet of it, they have to make something. So it doesn't affect anything when it first appears. Correct. But that hurts her action, and. She's going to take out her white sword. She holds out her hand and the sword will disappear from her tattoo and appear in her right hand. And she'll hold it at the ready and wait for something to happen. 
All right, sounds good. Well, the one immediately in front of you, Malamara, yells as they pull out their sword and run right at you. 5, 10, 15, and they are going to attack. The first one is a 16 to hit. Misses. All right, and the second one is a 23 to hit. That hits. And this is with their scimitar or skimitar in some in some sections of the world. And that's going to be five points of slashing damage to you, Malamara. Thank you, sir. Well, I appreciate that. Inspiration. Just kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs> we just compliment Thomas all the way through this dungeon. Bully this your DM. I think not. <laughs> okay. Sounds good, and that's going to be their turn. And then the Drake, way in the back, is going to growl. Is going to thirty, going to right for you, Fleeple, actually. So, and he's going to do a bite and a tail attack against you. So, the bite is going to be a twenty-three to hit. That hits. The tail is going to be an eleven, which that I believe misses. misses. All right, and so the bite attack as he chomps down on your arm is five points of piercing damage to you. All right. Okay, and that's going to be that Drake's turn. Um, the other Drake is going to rush forward 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and is going to 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Yeah, no, that's it. So it's going to jump through both of you, not leaving your um, area of attack, and it's actually going to chop down on Malamara. doesn't have advantage with flanking, unfortunately, for it them so they just straight rolls here but a bite and a tail tack against you mal oh come on that's only an eight and a 14 to hit both miss i assume yes all right and then we've got uh, another dragon claw there's a lot of people in this initiative um and so another uh dragon claw a lowly lackey here pulls out their longbow here and they are going to try to fire off at Lance. They're going to try and hit you. Let's see if they can do it. They can't see me. What? Do I have any cover because <laughs> so of all the people in front of me? No. All right. Lance, that's only a 15 to hit. Miss. All right. Well, that's their turn, but they are going to step back. 5, 10, 15. Okay, and um, with no other option, the other guard drake, the final third guard drake, runs right up to Fleeple. It's real congested in this hallway here and is going to try and do a bite and tail tech against you. Bite, tail. Ooh, natural 20 on the bite. That hits. And then a seven on the, on the tail attack. That misses. All right, so that's 2d8 damage plus three. That's going to be 13 points of piercing damage as this one bites into the other arm and tries to like shake you like a doll a little bit here. All right. And it's about this point that we finally get to Lance, and then, Felipe, you're going to be right after Lance. Cool. Lance will walk on onto this dead body uh, right across from Alamara to give flanking opportunity for the guy who snuck through both of them. Well, I do declare. And as he does that, Lance was reaching for a... What is it called? A fire opal? Fireball. <laughs> for a fireball, because that's what I had said right before we had... Done it, but now seeing how it played out at first and being so slow in his reactions, because apparently he sucks at initiative, he will instead grab a ruby, crush it, and just like doing a 
just parting his hands to create a wall of fire. Spiraling. No. Uh, no. The wall of fire is going to be <laughs> right past the drakes, and it's going to basically cut off the guys in the back from us up front to try and stop any more from attacking or coming close to us. So the wall of fire goes up, and it'll be like right in front of that first guy that's standing there. Kind of, again, there, there's the three drakes that are with us, and then there's the lackeys in the back, and it'll be right in front of that first lackey, yeah. And when the wall appears, each creature, let me double check here, how long? And do you want the heat facing towards the lackeys then? When the wall, each within its area must make a dexterity saving throw. Is it within its area? Sorry for the technical stuff. Do I already need to cast it like on him to be within the area? I think it's uh, 10 feet. Because it says though. create a wall solid. The walls can be 60 foot long, 20 foot high, 1 foot thick. A ring wall is 20 feet in diameter. With the wall opaque, it lasts the duration. When the wall appears, each creature within its area. So I'm not sure what that means. It's just the guy that's right in front of it, right? I think that is along the path of the wall, but I'm not entirely sure. If that's the case, then I'm not having the wall. I'll have the wall go right on him then. Okay. Yeah. So he has to make a dexterity saving throw. Right on top of him. So he has to make a dexterity saving throw. Yep. Um, terrifying to have a wall of fire just appear right on you. That deck saving throws a 13, which I know is a failure, right? Yes. So he's going to take 5d8 fire damage. Good heavens. One, two, three, four, 5d8. Where's my five? There's my five. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, that was sucky rolls, but 18 points of damage. 18's enough to destroy him. Oh. So you are destroyed. Bleh. All right, but the wall the wall will stay up to try and dissuade the others from trying to get through or attacking us. And it stays up to a minute, and I'm just concentrating. All right. Uh, anything else with your bonus action? No. Uh, you just need to move. Just move my guy uh, to be on top of that dead guy. Now, Jacob, with your phantom ability, don't you do something of the bonus action once you destroy somebody? That's true. It has to be within a certain amount of feet for me. Yes. It, was he 30 feet? You don't have to. Was he 30 feet from me? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. He was 35 feet. So I cannot for him. Nope. Which we got an email. I never got a token for Vandal. Yeah, because I thought you had to like make the conscious decision. So I just thought you didn't want I to. I did, and I never stated. I. Yeah, I think I think that's a good that's a good go-to. Instead of, like, you know, possessing his soul and saying, ha Like, I want him out of my life type of a thing, right? Anyway, okay. Fleeple, it goes to you. You have two drakes right in front of you. You have a cultist. No, uh, three drakes all surrounding you, basically. And Lance is right behind you saying, uh, you got this sport. Uh, and then you are side by side with Malamara. What do you do? Uh, fourth level moonbeam right on top of the three who are clustered right in front of me. Yes. All right. There we go. What's that radius again? Five foot radius, so 10 foot diameter in total. And this is the one where when they enter its area for the first time or start their turn there, that's when they make the con save. Yes. So starting their turn, that's going to be critical. So this is good. Um, as you have your two drakes right in front of you and the cultist right in front of Malamara, this moonbeam is right on top of all three of them 
and they start screaming in agony, realizing this is not a place they want to be at, uh, but of course, unable to make any action until their turn. So that's your action, uh, bonus action and movement. Yeah, I'm going to bonus action, expend a sprig of mistletoe to just do a cure wounds on myself. Okay. With the extra D4 from the moon sickle. There you go. Great, great. And that's going to be it, it sounds like. Yep, that's 12 hit points back to me. Okay. And you know what? I'll expend a second sprig of mistletoe to add another D6 to that. There we go. 17. 17 total hit points right back to you? Yep, feels good. Mal, the cultist, the dragon claw right by your ball of fire, um, they, it's their turn. They have to make a saving throw at the beginning of their turn, is that right? No, the end. Oh, at the end of their turn, okay. Yeah. Well, they are going to um, sort of clump away from the fire. Of course, you don't necessarily, you do see this actually, because you can see through the wall of fire. The wall of fire is opaque. Wait, opaque, does that mean you can see that? You cannot see it. By the way, Crunch Squad, just to help, I should read the whole freaking spell. It says when, just to give you context, Thomas, when a creature ends its turn within 10 feet of the side of the wall or inside of the wall. So basically, like, that that's where the area, where they'd roll their deck safe. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Opaque, you can't see through the wall of fire and through the moonbeams. You don't know what that wall of fi- that that ball of fire is doing, but we will uh, see what happens on the other side of that wall of fire shortly. So, Mal, it's actually going to be your turn. Oh, Mal, knowing that people are over there, there were three of them, and hoping they didn't run by, she didn't feel any change in her magic, will use her bonus action to cause the flaming sphere to come towards her. And the flaming sphere... Well, when it crashes into somebody, we'll stop right there. So she'll just pull it forward until it stops, essentially. So go ahead and roll a d6, and we'll just and just tell me the results to see who it hits. Three. Three. Okay. So it's actually going to curve around that guy and go to the other guy who you thought was protected, but the wall ball of fire just kind of like zipped around and jumped between his friends and it smacked him and he's got to roll a de- uh, deck saving throw now? Yes. Okay. That's a 19. That saves, but he still takes 19 and half is 8. <laughs> he still takes 8 points of fire damage. Oh, wait. 19 and, and half? Half of wait. 19 That's would be nine. 9. Yeah. 9. And, wait, wait. Something about fire damage? Yes. So nine, referring to our uh, latest crunch block. Ten points of fire damage. Oof, you can't see this, but this cultist is bloodied. And since Mal has her sword out and she's flanking this drake between her and Lance, she's going to reach out and take two swings at him. A swing, swing. swing, swing. A, a swing, swing. Swing, swing. Eighteen is the first hit. Eighteen's a hit. And... 21. 21's a hit. Both hits. That sucked. 13 slant, thirteen slashing and another 8 radiant. So 13 and 8 is... 21. All right, 21. Wow. As this radiant energy ignites from the drake, it howls in agony <laughs> and uh, glares over to you, realizing who it needs to focus its attention on. Well done. Anything else, Mal? That is her whole turn. 
All right, we go to the dragon claw, uh, dragon claw right in front of you, Mal, as they take another two swipes at you. Well, they start their turn within the moonbeam. Moon the moonbeam. So we con save. Start that turn. So that first, so that first roll, I'll say, was my con save. It was a two. All right, it's gonna take four d ten radiant damage. Oh my gosh! Twenty four. So this, so this dragon claw. He raises his scimitar and he goes, now's my moment. And as he screams that, his body just turns to liquid light as they dissipate into the air. Being no more, uh, they are no longer of this material plane. They've probably gone to join Tiamat in in Avernus. So yeah, well, there's that. Tiamat's just down there like, why are all these people showing up out of nowhere? (laughs) <laughs> is that my regalia? My regalia? Give me my pearl back. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, nom, 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 nom. So now we do the Grug Drake right in front of Fleeple, who's also in the Moonbeam. Con yep. save. DC 18. Natural 20. Oh, boy. So we're still going to so take... half damage. Half damage. 29. Cut in half for 14. Oh, 29. Wow, that was a good roll. I'm Goodness rolling good. gracious. Hot dice tonight. Hot yes. dice. Yes. Okay, sounds good. Bite and tail attack against you, Fleeple. All right. Nope. That's a nine and an eight. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like that. So, like, how do you, how do you defend against that? Where they where they just go like ang ang and they miss right in front of you. I just pull out my shades and I like reflect the light from the moonbeam into his eyes. Perfect. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's like when you're bored in class and there's light shining on your watch, so you like reflect the beam from your watch into your teacher's eyes. Are you saying Fleeple's bored in this combat? What? Not at all. It wasn't usually my teacher. It was usually one of my friends. Yeah, that's yes. true. Oh friends. my gosh. Going to the next guard, Drake. This one's right by Mal, the one that Mal attacked. So again, bite and tail attack here. So that's going to be a 15 and a 19 to hit. The 19 hits the start of his turn. He takes damage. Uh, he's not in the moonbeam. Oh, the one that's between me and Lance. Yes, Sorry. the one between you and Lance. I thought it was the other one. And that's going to be, oh, only four points of bludgeoning damage to you, Malamara. Thank you. Uh, that's their turn. And then we've got the dragon claw. Hold on. I'm going to read Wall of Fire. So... Through the wall of fire, opaque just means you can't see through it, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, through the wall of fire, you you see you hear this this arrow just wildly comes through the wall of fire here. And first off, I'm going to roll a percentile dice to see which person it hits over here. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's six people. Okay. So they rolled pretty high on their disadvantage um, attack with their longbow, and they got a 16, which beats the guard Drake's AC right in front of Fleeple in the yes. moonbeam. Yes! <laughs> and oh. just right into the back of them. Just Perfect. Does 10 points of damage to it. Nice. And you hear yelling on the back uh, behind me, like, see, I told you it was a dumb idea, guys. (laughs) We gotta see what we're aiming for. We'll jump down to the guard drake in between Mal and Fleeple, also in the moonbeam, who has to do a con save. Yep. Con save is a, ooh, 18 on the die. And that is going to be, yeah, so 21 um, total there. So half damage, half of 28, 14. 
14. Oh my gosh. 14. Yep, that's going to be... All right, there we go. And they are going to focus on Mal again. Bite and uh, tail attack. Bite, tail. Ooh, natural one and a two. So both of those fail. Whoa. Okay. Well then. Well, Lance and then Fleeple, it's going to be your turn. Cool. Uh, the one and right. And it's the second round of combat, right? Yes. Correct. Yep. Uh, the one who me and Malamar are flanking, I will attack. All right, that is the guard drake. Yep, this is one who's focused on Mal, but going ahead in... A three and a one. We're rolled there. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not going to hit, then, I'd imagine, because that's going to be a 12. 12? Uh, 12 does not hit, unfortunately. Then, I mean, I can. I will attack it with my little dagger, too. Mm-hmm. Eh. Because you can still get sneak with attack. Advantage. No, I think sneak attack's the first. Can I with a dagger? the first time you hit. It's just you apply it to any attack in any given round. So if I, well, if I, if I hit him with my short sword, I don't get sneak attack for the dagger after. It's the first hit then, correct? Oh, you can apply sneak attack to any attack that you hit in any turn. You choose which attack you put it on to. Gotcha. But he doesn't get it multiple times around. Once per turn. And here's an important little crunch squad bit. It's not once per round, it's once per turn. So that includes opportunity attacks. <gasps> oh. Gotcha. Ooh. Okay. Okay. That Let's one's better. You. That one's going to be with my dagger. It's going to be. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, non natural 20. Oh, that's a hit. So I'll get my little D4 out plus my 76 out. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, this is, it's like, it's like a little stab, a little prick where he's like, that's not bad. And then I twist and, oh my gosh. <laughs> he's like, son of a. <laughs> that's going to be 20, 28 points of damage. Ooh. His guard drake is looking rough, like death's door. And, oh. Almost blow on it. Because I was successful there. Shadow dagger. At. One in the moonbeam, whichever one looks more hurt. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be the one right in front of Fleeple. That's half your um, sneak attack dice, right? Yeah, technically called Whales of the Dead here. Roll half the number of sneak attack dice, round it up. So I have seven sneak attack dice, so I get four. <laughs> the Whale of the Dead is that cultist. This is my moment! Yeah, that's <laughs> just still <laughs> echoing in the hallway here. So yeah, it's the like, creature oh. automatically takes the damage. And you know what? I'm actually going to use one of my tokens for that. Uh, I crush one of my tokens because I have actually one from the very first little kobold I killed way back in the iceberg that I've never used in set in the campaign. So I'll use that so it won't count against me. So I roll four. What does that token look like? It's any token that I choose. I chose it to be, if you remember, it is the tokens that I have are slivers of a mirror. Like to reflect, and so I can see what they looked like, the person that died from there. So this little kobold's finally like, I'm released. <laughs> after, after over a year of being in this little mirror. So this guy's going to take 16 points of damage. Oh, man, 16 points of damage. And as you uh, release this token, Fleeple, uh, not Fleeple, as you release this token, Lance, you... You actually feel in your pouch where you have tokens and you're like, that's my one. And then you go, wait a minute. No, you have two more in there. 
but you're in the heat of the battle. You can't you can't focus on that right now. But you have two more tokens in your pocket. Are they from the guys who have died in this battle already? You'll have to check it out when this uh, dies down. But um, it's uh, that's a bit unusual. Hmm. Yep, that's my turn. Now we go to Fleeple. All right. Since these two drakes in front of me didn't move out of my moonbeam, I'm not going to move the moonbeam. So instead, I'm just going to pull a toll the dead on one of them, I guess. We'll go with the one that got shot by his friend on the other side of the wall of fire. The one, And the one that also got the ghost dagger from Lance, yeah? Mm-hmm. And that's a you or I have to do a con save? That is going to be a wisdom save. Wisdom save. Oh, the cleric. Well, they're not wise, but he did get a natural 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so, which I know doesn't do anything. Good old cantrips. No damage on a successful save. Well, I'm going to use another bonus action to cast another <laughs> Cure Wounds, I guess. Yep. Yeah, any of you feeling like you could use some uh, hit points at this point? I've lost nine hit points so far. I've lost Ooh. eight. Wow, I've lost like 30. Okay. Because Thomas <laughs> you're, keeps, you're the tank Thomas right now, keeps targeting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to heal myself, gosh dang it. Stop him. Stop him. <laughs> that is 13. All right. There you go. Yeah, I'm just going to roll a uh, over here. Yeah, okay. So despite the warnings of the guy uh, saying, like, we should have just shot blindly, the other two are like, screw it. I'm not waiting for this fire to die down. And they're going to just wildly shoot uh, from behind the fire. The first one, let's see. <laughs> who it might hit here. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm laughing because they would be hitting Ned. They rolled amazing on their uh, disadvantages. They rolled a 19 and a 21. Uh, <laughs> um, but they didn't take this guy's advice at all, and they just shot at the Drake, the guard Drake, right in front of Ned twice, just... I rolled two percentile oh dice, and they both landed on that guy. <laughs> and so this trick's like, oh! <laughs> just, just getting obliterated here. And I'm just like cringing every time one of the arrows just barely misses me. Yeah, they're like, they're like almost at your feet as this guard Drake is just like trying to dodge and like move out of the way. And the second arrow goes like right through his paw and he goes, Whoa! and he falls and he dies. Oh, cool. Oh, I will take another trinket. I'll take him. Okay. And the guys are like, that sounded like we hit something. Yeah, that sounded like we got like one of them. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. We did but it. one of them still has the, uh, they didn't have the ball of fire on them anymore, Mal. So they didn't roll. But it is your turn. Great. So all three of them finish their turn. And it's every creature within five feet of the flaming sphere has to make a dexterity roll. So as they start high-fiving, their skin starts to sizzle as they're standing next to this <laughs> ball of fire. And is it on your turn or their turn? The end of their turn. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they all do that because I forgot to do that on my turn. So here we go. And then it's a deck save. Um, yes. And what do they have to beat? Your spell save DC? Yeah, a deck save of 17. What? You have a deck save of 17 now? Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, Mal. It's like you leveled up. Yeah, they all fail. 
So that's going to be a uh, 13, a 5, and a 12. They're like, yeah, we did it, we did it. Oh my gosh, this is hot. And they all take 18 points of fire damage. They're gone. It goes silent on the other side of this fire. So, uh, <laughs> and like, at least we took one of them with us. <laughs> yeah, we got one of them. Oh boy. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone here. Amazing. These guards are dumb. Yeah, so there's that. And uh, Mal, so that's it's your turn now, technically, still. As a bonus action, she's going to pull that flaming sphere 30 feet till it's right behind the guard drake that's the last one in the moonbeam. And like Sonic of old legend, you see this ball of fire just spin on the ground with such superhuman speed that could only be defined by magic. Could you maybe move it one to the left so I'm not within five yeah, feet of true. it? Yeah, that's true. Oh, I forgot you were standing there because your character's off to the side. Yeah. Folks, our screen is very busy on roll 20 here, so. <laughs> and Mal will, like, ah! with her white sword, Mal will take two swipes at the guard drake between her and Lance, and then if any damage spills over, cleave through to that other drake. All right. Uh, the first one is a 17 plus 8. That's a hit. Whatever that is. And, ooh, that one is only a 13. 13 is a miss. Even with advantage. A 3 and a 1. How does it feel? 13 <laughs> slashing and 11 radiant. So 13 and 11. Oh, my gosh. Correct. That's 24 total. So with the optional rules that we're using for cleaving, this Drake only had three left. Oh. So... This drake falls, and that was 24, we said. Is that right? Did I just forget my math? Yeah, 24. 24, and so then 21 goes to the other as you ah, go right through the first guard drake and the second one just take it right in the face. Well done. Okay, looking very rough, this one. Almost like a moonbeam might take care of it. <laughs> and am, am I correct that it is this guard drake's turn right now and it has to you roll constitution You are correct, Fleeple. <laughs> Con save it is! It's a five! That is 23 radiant damage. Ned, tell us how it is done. Yeah! Okay, I, like, as soon as this guard drake has finished disintegrating into etheric white light, I don't even wait. I turn to my friends and say, no waiting, we don't, no more random encounters, let's take out those cultists in the other room while we've got a chance. I have this moonbeam for seven more rounds, dang it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I'm going to move, use my action to, cause it's, well, I guess it is Lance's turn before my turn, but on my turn, I'm going to start moving the moonbeam towards that other room. Well, I'll just roll for these other cultists then so we can get them an initiative <laughs> right here. They don't know what's second. going on. They just heard. <laughs> well, they didn't hear anything, actually, because you have, if you recall, the caverns are filled with the droll of the dracorn just blaring through this, and you feel the rumbling of Tiamat's temple still being pulled up from uh, Avernus. Actually, you know, I, t I just turn to Lance and I say, just throw a fireball in there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> oh, the oh, fire in Jake's eyes. Fire. <laughs> oh, it's that meme where he's the little girl watching the house on fire. Mm. Yeah. All right. Oh, good gravy. 
we will get a surprise round here. They will have the surprised condition because they are not expecting a fireball. <laughs> a Bravo team force of people to just burst in Seal there. Six bursting in. <laughs> Perfect. Fireball. <laughs> Uh, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so Jacob, it's your turn. And you are closest to them, actually. So 5, 10, 15. And then you could just see. Lance will round the corner. He's going to, yeah, he's going to shoot the fireball right into that group of cultists, but avoiding the prisoners because it's a 20-foot sphere. So he's going to put the sphere in the opposite corner of where those prisoners are. Okay, so... Just barely, basically as close to you as possible to get all five of the cultists in the prisoner room without tr- hopefully getting any prisoners Correct. in the circle. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Fleeple told me to. Yep. Easy enough. You're just able to. And I always imagine Fireball, I think I've described it this way before, of just this like tiny bead of light just getting sent almost like starts off very slow before the air around it starts to ignite it and just and just a literal explosion which like pushes them back uh, I'm gonna say uh, well the surprise condition they I feel like they're quite they stunned by right? what just happened to them oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh now didn't we talk last time how they couldn't have a surprised yeah let me if you're surprised you can't move or take an action on your first turn of combat and you can't take a reaction until that turn ends. Uh, that is all that happens when you are surprised. Okay. I'm going to say, because they're surprised, because this makes the most thematic sense, they're going to get disadvantage on their deck save because they're going to be like, what is this? Who are the... What? And That's the, a good so call, go. Dom- Thomas. That is yeah, a really, I really great like that. idea. Good You're job. such a good DM. I love it. I support it. What a great DM. Great DM. Maybe I should get inspiration, guys. You know what I'd call that, Thomas? I'd call no, that inspiring. No, I'm not going to try and butter you up. I, I'm here to bully the DM. I'm going to stand my ground on this. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> stand my ground. And how um, home back down. You're like, rules as written. They don't get disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no disadvantage. Okay, so the first one got a 15. Second one got a 9. Third one got a 5. Fourth one got a 13. And the fifth one got a 16. So those all fail. They felt very surprised. 19 points of damage. The wails of the dead echo through the chamber here (laughs) as all five of them drop dead. (gasps) Are you serious? Yeah. Whoa! Lance! And Lance has scratched the uh, fireball addiction yet again. (sighs) Well, it looks like I didn't need to roll initiative for any of them. Five ten. That was that was movement action, bonus action dash into the room, as like the smoke clears and you just see slow motion. This rogue with a brilliant helm <laughs> running into the room. Oh, are you? You've dropped your disguise of the fat cultist leader, dude. I'm done with that. Yeah, I don't want to be the fat cultist leader anymore. <laughs> I'll do that later if I need to. But it was such an effective tactic. <laughs> Folks, I'm going to give all three of you inspiration. Oh, I already have one, so yay. Inspiration. (laughs) Do I get two then? No. Dang it. I would have used the other one. (laughs) 
You can give me an inspiration, though. Well done. That was fun. <laughs> As we're now out of combat, <laughs> and Lance, you walk in with this brilliant helm. Daylight spell constantly going, or the the gleam. Yeah, not daylight, thirty foot. I come like riding in from behind on my turn, like I'm flying in front of the moonbeam, like, okay, I'm gonna roast them. And I stop and I see, oh, there's no cultists left. And they are just absolutely terrified and and these people are like, no, the time has come, ah! Women, children, and men are hugging and huddling with each other. They're screaming in uh, pain. One, A couple men look like they're actually trying to stand up to uh, maybe rush you and attack you, but they're so malnourished that they can't. They just fall flat as their wives or some of the children try to hold on to them as you both come rushing in, guns blazing. But there doesn't appear to be anybody else in here that is except malnourished or um, haggard prisoners. Yeah, seeing that I misread the room a little bit, I'm going to... I'm going to shout out, Blessings of Bahamut to you all! You are freed! I'm going to summon my healing spirit, this time in the form of a platinum dragon, and I'm going to have the healing spirit go around from person to person and give each of them one round of healing. Okay, go ahead and roll a persuasion check, because you said dragon, and um, they, they might not be so intelligent to understand the difference of a good and a bad dragon, and you are cobalt, so. Well, I did say blessings of Bahamut. That's fair. He's got That's silver fair. wings. Uh, so go ahead and roll that persuasion still. Yeah, with advantage because Bahamut's the best. Oh my gosh. Not with advantage, no. Okay, that <laughs> is a 19. 19, okay. So as the the platinum dragon comes to one of the first children, uh, her mother reaches out to her and goes, no, and the child doesn't like recognize what's going on before the platinum dragon just sort of like swoops in and like lands on their shoulder and just you see the child and just gain this healing almost like the uh, a, a warmth of a platinum glow rises above them as they're given strength and they're given um, the blessing of Bahamut really so they raise to full hit points and like uh, as the dragon flies off to somebody else the girl goes Mama, I'm not hungry anymore. And the dragon goes from another person to another child, to another woman, to a man who has a cut on his leg. And as the dragon leaves, he goes, my leg, I, I, I can stand again. Um, as every single person in this room has benefited from the platinum dragon before it, at the end of the, uh, what is it, 10 rounds, right? 10 rounds exactly, and 10 prisoners. Look at that. And it flies up into the air, uh, displays its wings, and shimmers into um, non-existence, leaving platinum dust to fall from the, from the ceiling. As this minute goes on with the prisoners in awe, um, they now look to the three of you, I assume, Mal, as you've now come, the wall of fire being dropped in the other room, as well as the ball of fire, and they look at the three of you. While the dragon spirit is healing them, Mal will grab Lance's arm and pull him toward the opening of this room because in her mind, she knows that there is a tunnel that leads right off from where they are and we have zero information about what's up there. Mm -hmm. And so Mal will go, do you want to go scout that? Make sure that nobody's coming else down. We'll try and get these prisoners and figure out if there's any more. 
Do you yes, want to scout out? I will cast a fireball down this hallway. Yes, I will Lance, do that. Lance, what? Lance, yes, Lance. yes, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Go scout. Just... Be very careful. Be very quiet. Just make sure that nobody's patrolling down and we'll get these people settled. And then she'll just walk back into the room. But if they are, fireball. <laughs> Lance will sneak down the hallway as yeah the ten rounds are happening to heal these people to scout ahead. Okay. Sneaky check, please. Sneaky check. Am I getting advantage with boots and things? Yep, with boots, boots and pants. Here because, boots and pants. Uh, boots and pants, boots, boots, and, and, pants. boots and cats and boots and cats. And then Mal would like to f- seek out somebody who seems like maybe they are in charge or older. They're not in charge, they're prisoners, but like an adult. I'm find, in charge. Find an adult, maybe an elder, and ask them if they know of any other prisoners or where they could be in the back of your mind while Lance is sneaking off. Yeah, Lance, what's your sneaky check? 34. 34. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you see... Oh, those are prisoners. Uh, as you sneak up, you see um, some more beaten down, worn down villagers. Uh, these ones seem to be in a little bit uh, better care. Maybe like they're uh, not better fed, but maybe they were caught more recently some of the, than some of the other prisoners. So they're not as um, hurt or injured. And Mal, it's at this point you go to uh, one of the women who's been taking care of most of the children and men. She goes... Um, I there will be some prisoners down that hallway that your friend just went down to. Uh, he's not gonna. Uh, he's not gonna blow them up, uh, ain't he? No, 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 no. Because I heard no, him mumbling no, 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 something no. under his breath there. So she's here from the other room now. <laughs> be terrible. Okay. No, 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 and she'll she'll comfort her, and we just need, we need to make sure that we get everybody together. We're going to try and get you guys out of here. And she, like, side-eyes over to Fleeple. Uh, get, get us out! <laughs> and she looks with, like, this crazed look in her eye. Huh? How do you expect to do that? Shh, shh, shh. In the it, belly be, of the devil? Shh, it'll be okay. No, it's it'll be okay. okay. We're going... You saw how quickly we took care of those cultists. We'll just do the same thing to all these other cultists on the way out. And bing, bang, Bahamut, your uncle, will take care of you. Don't you worry. But have you seen the crowds out there? You know how many how many folks are there? How many e- how much evils lurking on the side of this oh, uh, caldera? We forgot to tell you, we have an army from Waterdeep. They're taking care of the we people on the outside. Well, you should have let me have six. Shh, we're in a lava tube, and your voice carries. Oh, this sounds like sorry. Before. Do you know? Is this your village? Is everybody in here? Do you know of any other places in our reconnaissance? We weren't sure if there were other people besides these two rooms. Uh, no, I believe this would just be it here. Just this too. Blessed be. Blessed be all today. Uh, what would you say, Bahamut? Sure, I'll bless any. I'll bless almost anything today. Yes, and Bahamut has blessed you. So, well, first, before we try and get you out of here, we really should go take care of those cultists. So, you know, just don't worry about the explosions and all of that stuff. You'll just hang out here. You'll be fine. One of the men stands up and goes... Aisha, we should help them. We should fight, wouldn't you say? And she goes, you sit back down, you blaggart. It's time for you to be sitting and for, for us to be carrying you out of this uh, forsaken place. Aye, but we should be helping them. 
getting this evil swiped off the earth here. What would you say as he points to you, Malamara? Mal is kneeling on the ground and she's drawing out a loose diagram of what she knows about the tunnels. Because she's trying to formulate a plan that she wants to explain to Lance and Fleeple. What? Oh, uh, hold that thought. I, um, thank you, first of all, for wanting to fight. Uh, just give me a second. And she continues to start mapping things out, waiting for Lance to come back. Your idea holds no weight with this woman here. She knows how to get things done. And she knows that you got to get out of here. Just like the rest of us. Now, I appreciate your pluck and your spunk, but you did just have a giant gash on your leg. I think you should hang around and just rebuild some real red blood cells in your body there. That'll help you out. Lance, do you reveal yourself to the prisoners here or are you just hanging back until... Yes, Lance will walk in there. Uh, just entering the room and knowing, obviously, what's their reaction to seeing Lance? Uh, it's not great. They are worried. They're nervous. It's not great. Um, not great. It's not great. <laughs> they are. skeptical, so pale and clammy. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't going to yeah. say it, but, um, you know, there's definitely a child that goes, ew, gross. No, they, they're, they're definitely nervous yeah. and they have a little bit more vitality to them. So one, one of them stands up and goes, we're not going to let you push us around anymore, okay? Lance is going to do things different. Because <laughs> Lance is not good at persuasion. But he is good at intimidation, <laughs> intimidation a little bit. So he's going to just stare down, especially that guy who shouted at him. And just like in a very, the most menacing way he can, we'll just say, you all come with me if you want to live. All right. Go and roll an intimidation check then. That's a, a natural one, so I'm going to use my inspiration because I don't want these prisoners to be like, kill him now! Kill him now! <laughs> and then there will, like, be, there will be a fireball go out. Steal the helm and start yeah. I'm going to use my inspiration, which is such a crappy way to use my inspiration because you just gave us inspiration, but I'll do it. And that's better. That's going to be 15. 15. Yeah, as they go, uh, that one guy goes, huh, what, what are you going to do with us? I'm going to put you with the others. There are others like us? You have more prisoners here? No. I'm here to free you. And he'll just start walking away. <laughs> uh, In his cultist robes. <laughs> it's okay. I know he looks crazy, but he's with us. <laughs> all right. And yeah, Lance, as you come back around at this point, be like, if they follow, they follow. If they don't, all right. <laughs> I'll send um, Fleeple up. Yeah, so Fleepo, like, he, he's with us. And sure enough, as um, you're you're talking about this guy who has spunk, who he needs to get his red blood cells up, uh, that's about this conversation. And these villagers, they start ushering in, and they're like, uh, we thought it couldn't hurt to, if you're going to save us, just join you. Lance will also, as they're, as they're going into the other room, Lance is actually going to go back to the hallway we just came from rather quickly, and he's going to gather up as many that are left, the weapons to then deal out to these villagers. Yeah. Because we do have quite a bit of weapons just laying around, which they can use, and it will help them more than just what they're doing. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weapons at least. Yes. Well done. So most of them are scimitars. You do have some longbows as well. So you've got uh, about 16 uh, somewhere around there, weapons to hand out, and maybe a handful of daggers for some of the children if you wanted to arm them. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I, yep. There you go. You uh, get some sort of protection on there. Hey, it worked in Greenest. It'll work here. 
Do any of these prisoners want to dress up in robes to try and pretend to be cultists? All the bloodied they, and burnt. They all kind of like look around and go, ah, we, we're not so great at the theater types. So not, not, what, not, not a bard, you might say. So I, I don't think we'd be quite convincing. I think it'd be hard to convince anybody down here if you weren't actually part of a cult, you know. <laughs> yes, that's accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> now... <laughs> Is that a dig from the DM? We tried. We tried. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, I think our our next move, I think, is to just clear the way, clear out all of the cultists. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Look at this map. Come here. Come here. here. All right. uh, Mal, you usher everybody towards you or just your party? Not everybody. Get away. (laughs) I just want these two. Okay. uh, The uh, outspoken woman does come over to you, though, because she's like, you sound like what's going on here, so I'm going to be here. Can, can you not? I'm going to be listening to your plan, Missy. Okay. Well, if you're trying to get us out, I'd like to know what's going on on, what's the, on the up and up. Okay. Uh, Lance Fleeple, uh, take a look at this. And Mal will show them her sketch of what we know, where we know patrols are, where the rooms are, and things like that. And she says, okay, the way I see it, it looks like I think we have two options let me know if you think anything different which is why i want to talk about it i think either with this many civilians we could creep around down along the path to the left where we know there are empty rooms all the way down through these tunnels and out through the front so we at least get all of these people out and we might only have to deal with who's at the front and get them out however we don't know if there's any other prisoners in any of the other pens. And so we could go straight down and try and clear them out. But this is a lot of innocence to have with us for maybe not finding anybody else. And if they get captured again, then they're going to be able to raise Tiamat. So I, I'm worried that the best plan might be getting out as many as we can, save who we can, and then maybe coming back rather than risking their lives and their sacrifice for Tiamat, being caught again and being used in the ceremony. I, when I was talking with Anzar about the details of like the operations, uh, I definitely asked Anzar how many prisoners they had. Yes, he did tell you prisoners. And so he did talk about how prisoner, how many prisoners they would have. Yeah. There's this really bossy woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, she's she quite she grates against my. Uh, 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 anyway, um, yeah. So he did say that that they didn't need much um, because the people they got they deemed to be a sufficient sacrifice, and that some of the prisoners were being used outside of the caldera for like some of the camps, and if they really needed to, they could have brought people in, but ultimately they decided no, we don't need those people. We just need to hold these people, which are the two rooms that you actually have already saved. Booyah. Yes, I suppose what we'll do is we know that we've got all of the prisoners because Anzar gave us that information so long ago. I don't know why we're even having this conversation right now. I, uh, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was, this is kind of pointless. I mean, we should just do it. Yes. Why are we taking so long yes. to talk about it? I just want to, I don't think that we need to barrel through where we're pretty sure other cultists are. I think that there's a safe path and she'll outline that on her dirt map of we know that these rooms are empty. Let's go down through these tunnels. We might have a battle at the opening, but we'll go out 
find the Brotherhood, maybe the Zentarum, maybe some allies, and then we'll try and find Severin. Oh, we'll have a yes. battle Get at prisoners the out. All right. A fireball oh, battle. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So, prisoners... Mal puts her hand on Lance's shoulder. Your helm bursts into flames, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, Fleeple, so what were you prisoners saying? Prisoners out. While we're there, we'll try contacting Leosin, I suppose see if we can figure out if he knows what's going on with the Arcane Brotherhood, or maybe if we can, like, send up some sort of flare. Or I'll, I'll, I'll f- I can fly up into the air and see if I can find them from above. And, uh, yes, bring them here. And then, Lance Dalen, Lance Dalen, fireballs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Lance Dalen likes fireballs, right? Yes? I mean, they are, or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's gather everyone together, and we'll, I'll lead because I know and that before the you even, look before like. Before you even say that, the woman who's been listening, she goes, alright everybody get on your feet. These people have got a solid plan. I think we have a decent chance of getting out of here. Up, up, come on. Get on your feet, you lazy bums. And uh, as she starts making sure everybody has their weapons and she, they're all ready to go. They're like, alright we're ready to go. I'll lead the way just to make sure nothing sneaks up on us that we sneak up on it. Okay, that's fine. Just don't get lost. Oh, I know this map as if it's right in front of me. <laughs> and with that, Lance, you lead the way for the Jinx squad and your 20-ish prisoners that had been set aside to take part of a ritual for Tiamat, hopefully thwarting the Cult of the Dragon's plan even further. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Yeah. Man, somebody used a word to describe our plan, and that word was not shaky. Look at that. Isn't that nice yeah. when it's not hey. a shaky plan? <laughs> it's been so long since I've done that, guys. So long. Oh. It's been like at least And you will never be forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not. Oh, man. Nope. I will have that perpetually nope. over my head. You will never be oh, forgiven. Oh, <laughs> well. Ooh. Fun stuff. Uh, fun combat. I, That's a I, fast combat. Yeah. I like Snappy. I like fast combat with yeah. a lot of stuff moving going. Uh, I'm impressed that we did have fat, fast combat. It was three rounds. Makes me excited to see how a more involved combat is going to get with us here, um, as we are bound to have in the next few episodes here. But as always, Ned, Jacob, Mickey, thank you for joining as players and listeners. Thank you so much for coming along this fantastic journey, joining us at the end of this season almost, um, as we have a few episodes, not quite sure exactly a number, and um, it's it's going to be real fun. It's going to be real exciting to see how it all shakes up, how it turns out. We just want to give a shout out, actually, to one of the people that um, reached out to us. This is from Ashley. Ashley, good friend of Mickey, actually. She's my niece. Uh, She said, thanks for making my days better. Wednesdays are my favorite day of the week solely because that's the day I get to listen to ICF. You all are hilarious and the improvisation is impressive. I especially appreciate how each episode feels like I'm there with everyone in this world you've created. And I hope that even after this campaign ends, you'll keep going with this D&D podcast. Ashley, you have an amazing aunt. But thank you so much for the amazing words um, to help encourage us and keep going on. That's something that we didn't shout out at the beginning of this episode, but something we talked to recently in a Crunch Squad 
folks, we've had a lot of people saying, uh, please, this isn't the end of ICF, right? To put any fears aside, this is not the end of ICF. Uh, this is just merely be the end of season one. If you want to get future details about what the future of ICF has, you got to join our special episode at the end of season one. So be on the lookout for that. But Ashley, again, thanks so much for reaching out. If you want to get shouted out on the podcast or just want to let us know that you like what we're doing, shoot us a message at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com or at our uh, social media pages at iCastFireball20, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitter, slash X. And then finally, you can join our patreon.com slash iCastFireball20 to join our patron exclusive discord where you can chat with us on a daily basis about any variety of topics that you want about the podcast, about D&D, tabletop, board gaming, 3D printing, regardless, you can chat with us about it there. Speaking of shout outs, we want to shout out Improv Tabletop where they have some amazing one month mini fate accelerated campaigns that they've got going on over there. If you haven't joined and started listening to some of these, they've got a whole like year, year and a half backlog of fate accelerated mini campaigns. They're delightful. And this month uh, I'm particularly biased. They've got pride and prejudice plus Muppets. So uh, go check it out. Ned is doing a fantastic job over there. And uh, don't forget to leave them a five-star review on the way out. Lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. But until next time, I'm Tom DM, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Freepo. Let's keep that fire going, everybody, and we'll see you all next time.